0: What's up, y'all? You're listening to Made It. What's up, y'all? You're listening to Made It.
1: You're listening to Made It.
0: What's up, y'all? You're listening to Made It. Where we're telling the stories of the legends that made it. Of legends who made it to inspire the next generation of black sellers.
1: You're rocking with the Sales for the Culture crew.
0: You're rocking with the Sales for the Culture crew. That's me, Mercy.
1: Boy, Shelton? Me, Nikki. And Jacob. All right, y'all, who are we chopping it up with today? Man, today we're chopping it up with our very own award-winning CEO, entrepreneur, author. The list of accolades goes on, Roderick Jefferson. Uh, you know, I- I'm a firm believer that you can't be what you can't see. And for anybody that is in the tech sales game, you're blackmailed oftentimes. You're like, man, who can I look to that uh, has been there, done it for advice, that understands and gets me, that looks like me? And for, for me, Roderick is that... Roderick is like the OG that that you go to when you have questions on how to navigate. He's been in the game for a a, a long time. He's held multiple leadership positions at places like Oracle, Salesforce, um, PayPal. He he brings a wealth of experience and knowledge, not just in sales enablement, but just in life. And so I'm extremely excited to to do this interview, and I hope that you all, all like it. Welcome to the show, man. Happy, I, I love talking to OGs, man. OGs that the game that have experience and I feel like you are a sales OG. And so appreciate you for, for jumping on the show, man.
0: Man, first of all, I appreciate being here with you. It is my absolute honor and pleasure to be here, Shelton. And you know what? I'm gonna take that OG title. I think I've got That's- enough skin, knees and elbows now that, that I can hold on to that title and, and enough gray hair. I prefer seasoned. When I'm in corporate, when I'm talking with us, oh yeah, OG, <laughs> no doubt.
1: Nice man, yeah, I feel like the, the culture needs it, man. You gotta see examples. Can't be what you can't see is 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 my is my model, man. But you uh, you weren't always the OG in the tech sales game, so I like to start these podcasts like once upon a time
0: in a land far, far away. Roderick was, you know, give me some backdrop. Man, you know, like a lot of us, uh, I grew up in, in the projects in the hood, so. I was never supposed to be this other piece of me, according to the rest of the world. So I was born in Louisiana and uh, grew up between there and Dallas and then later in life moved out to California. So I got a chance to see all kinds of flavor. I I look at my life like a gumbo, right? I got a little seasoning here. You drop in a a little bit of uh, andouille sausage here. You drop a little (laughs) seasoning and flavor over here, put a little crab meat in there. And before you know it, I stand before you full and that's why I always say season, fully seasoned. and I, I'm dead serious about that piece. I am the sum of all parts. And you know, like a lot of us, I grew up in the hood, didn't have a lot of positive role models. By my age, and, and we've talked about this before, Sheldon. by my age, a lot of the older OGs and, and old cats were either strung out, they were on the corner on the block, or they were dead. So as far as being knowing how to be raised to be a man, we learned a lot from each other. We learned a lot from the streets. I had uh, a whole gaggle of brothers and sisters, <laughs> right? And then I was adopted. And so this is where the story really changes. So on one side of, of the family, you know, we're in the projects and, and struggling and and but we didn't know we were broke. We were never dirty. We always had food. We always had, you know, the family barbecues. We had the, the spades and the taunt games going on all the time. So we had love. Right, and like my mom always said, where we lacked in money, we did not lack in love. And then I got adopted into another family. Now the oh, whole wait, wait, world. Wait, wait.
1: So, so before you, so is that the, uh, is that that moment? Like what, what age were you when you got adopted? Um, so
0: I was adopted. Ooh, god! Freshman year of high school, officially moved. I, I was adopted freshman. early on, right, okay. very young. Um, but I moved, moved later on in life. Got it.
1: Yeah, and so, so is that that moment, is that that, you know, everybody has that moment, like that, that first moment where it's just like paradox shift, is that that for you?
0: Oh yeah, like no other. And, and as I was about to jump into, it wasn't just a paradox shift, it, it was mental, cultural shock. So one, I'm used to growing up around a lot of us, right? Yeah. And then I move out and moved because my adopted dad was in the Air Force and moved us out to California. And then I get out here and now this is the first time I'm truly in a um, diversified situation as far as school goes. uh, I'm in different circles. Now, the one thing I always had was basketball and and I was elite at that after a while. So I was always in that special category, even growing up. You know how it is. in the hood. Look, you can't go to this party because you're the one that's going to be able to get us out of here. You can't come and hang with us on the block because you got to be the one that makes it. So I was on the, the academic side and I was also on the athletic side. So I had a good mix, but then I get to California, right? And the world changes my 16th birthday. I got a BMW 320i. Mm. <laughs> so imagine the paradox of I'm in the hood and we scraping and scratching. And then I get a BMW for my 16th birthday. Yeah, you didn't know how to act. Dude. Did not know how to act. You couldn't tell me nothing, man, nothing. And, and make me believe it. So now things start to... It, accelerate with with athletics and now i'm getting scholarship offers and and i'm having an opportunity to go to college which was not even something I thought of now i get to california here's the interesting thing everyone is talking about where are they going to go to college where in the hood it's like if i can go how am i going to get there and is it even realistic to even think about that because my folks couldn't afford that and also you know, I've got folks that hadn't gone to college, so they can't help me prepare. They know nothing about A- ACTs, SATs, and, you know, talking to college coaches and whatnot. So that's where the whole mentoring began. I had some really, really good people around me. And I probably have six or seven people that I call mom and dad that literally raised me. I'm talking about they loved me like I was their kids, and they disciplined me like I was their kids. And, not, and most of them did not look like us. Yeah. right and and I would be remiss if I leave my aunt out and and she is one of the biggest impacts on my life besides my mom's and she stayed in my ear and, and it's funny because she used to call me the little professor yeah. right because while everybody else was out ripping and running the streets and, and riding bikes I was in the house I was reading the encyclopedia Britannica I was reading the dictionary I was challenging myself to get bigger words to be able to use in sentences not to impress but because I always felt like I was never better than where I lived, but my goals and aspirations were always bigger than where I lived.
1: Man, oh, we gotta unpack this. I feel like I gotta unpack this now, right? I, I-, I love that you ended on that. That you were you were never better than where what- you never felt like you were better than where you were, but your goals and aspirations were bigger than where you were. That's that's a that's a word right there, man. <laughs> I appreciate it, folks. But, appreciate but- it but but it's something you said to me right i want i want to talk about this right so you you mentioned that you know you uh you know pe- people put on you like hey you can't do this you can't do that right and that we we look at you Roderick, as a, as the person man, you we, you about to get out you about to get us out of the hood right you about to like like you got to we right. about to put this load on you you got to get us out of here like so we going you know yeah.
0: we going to keep cuz where you go we go <laughs> right
1: right I, I i get that and then you said but but at the same time like they don't they didn't know SATs, they didn't know business, they didn't know like the the stuff that you know now, but like they knew that like man you got to be a do what's that pressure feel? Is that pressure? Is that is that pressure?
0: Man, it's pressure like no other because you hear it every day whether you're at the boys club, you're at the job core, you're out on the the courts playing, man, yeah, you got to get this right cuz Most of us ain't going to college. Ain't nobody around here know nothing about no college. So you got to be the one. But at the same time, you know what it created? Confusion for me. Yeah. Because I never really fit in either world. Right? So I want to run with my boys and be on the corner and on the block with them and with my cousins and whatnot. But at the same time, I know that there's some things that I have to do in order to get to where I want to get to. So uh, the way I've always explained it is imagine... Feeling lonely in a crowded room. You're always surrounded by people, but you're an island inside of the same room at the same time. And I know you know what I'm talking
1: about. Oh, hundred percent. I'm over shaking my head like created confusion. Like, right? You want to hang with your boys? Don't ain't fitting there. You like wanna? You want to
0: get out? Ain't fitting. Oh, dude, hundred percent know what you're talking about. Yeah, and, and you know, let let's be honest. You're that young. Females have a lot of influence on what we do and don't do, <laughs> right? <So laughs> that's a whole, a that's whole a podcast, chase man. That's a whole yeah, podcast. I know, but, but <laughs> I, I, I want to drop a little, a little bit of this here. And it was, girls were noticing me because of sports, right? And everybody wanted to be around. I played football, played basketball, ran track. And now the same cats that were your boys are looking at you like, man, how come all the girls are, are, are you know, trying to lace you? save something for somebody else right and I'm like bro I'm literally somewhat oblivious at times but believe me my boys weren't and so again that created a different level of animosity because you're getting all this hype you're getting all this pub you got coaches coming at you whoop 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 and then all of a sudden your boys are like oh okay so you think you all that now I'm like nah bro I'm the same cat that was just on the stoop with you (laughs) right we was sitting out playing spades, playing dominoes. Same cat, ain't changed.
1: Yeah, man. even in even my mind. Confu- but not always was that the truth. Yeah, even more confusion, right? All right, so so let, let let's get back to so, it. So BMW, right? Got the BMW college, you know, co- college bound. Then
0: what? Then now I'm in my mind. I'm I've got two goals. One, get to the NBA because I've got family members that played. So I'll just put it out. Joe Dumars from the Pistons is my cousin. Okay. So Joe and I are playing, right? And in Dallas, I'm playing with cats like Larry Johnson. I'm playing with Spud. I'm playing with Dennis John, uh, Dennis Rodman. And I'm like, okay, I'm serving these cats. I know I'm going to league. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Because these dudes were on a different level and they were built for that. I could practice 24 hours a day. That wasn't going to happen. So I realized quickly, keep trying, keep trying. And then I got hurt, blew out my knee. And that just kind of changed everything. And so then I'm in California. I got to get a real job. I know nothing about real work. I, I had worked at Burger King and whatnot, and, you know, Foot Locker and this and the other thing, <laughs> just for a little pocket change. But now I got to get a real job. Yeah. So I meet who is now my wife of 30 years. Her family is deep in, in AT&T. I mean, I'm talking about they're on the sales side. They're on the HR side. They're like, look, we can we can lace you. That's easy. We put you on. But you gotta handle it. So, yeah. first job, BDR at AT and T. BDR Smash at a tech company. Smash I got love for BDRs, man, because I know that is one of the hardest jobs on the planet. And I don't care how thick your skin is, hangups and clicks in your in your face over and over is difficult. Man. Trying to get people to listen to you, knowing that you're interrupting their day, is difficult. Having a goal of getting to that next level and not knowing how you're gonna get there based on what you're doing right now because you don't feel like you're successful is difficult. So I'm going to say this to the BDRs listening. Keep grinding. Keep swinging for the fence because even when you don't think that you are successful, somebody's looking at you if you're doing the right things the right way. So don't give up. Man. So I do this at the BDR okay. Get promoted to AE. for the President's Club and all that, right? And everything works out cool. But I realize, then I get promoted to sales leader and I realize I don't enjoy taking down deals. I actually like the process of selling. So like any good salesperson, I went to um, my RVP at the time and I said, what if I could share all the little tools and templates that I had across the region and get more people productive faster, revenue faster, and also more people to club? He's like, well, then you got a new job. Boom, I'm now the regional sales trainer. I don't even know what that means, but <laughs> I know that I got a job that I don't have a quota anymore and I'm still close enough to sales that I can touch it. Yeah. So that's where another... Paradigm shift happened right there. So, so, so what I right don't there. have to carry that bag. I don't have that quota, but I get to stay there.
1: I got this question about this, 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 this come up with at&t dude. Like, like this, you're like, man, league bound. You're like, nope, not happening. Blow out your knee, get injured. Now you got to get this real job. And this this role as a
0: BDR, you you said it was hard, right? You like it, it was. Oh yeah, no doubt.
1: It was brutally It, hard. it
0: wasn't just hard. It, it was hard on the psyche and it was hard on the ego. Because, you know, no, no, no. I, I'm a cat that my whole life I've heard yes and I've been pampered, right? As an athlete coming up and, and, and as an academic. And now I can't get people to talk to me. Nobody wants to answer the phone. People are too busy. People are telling me, and I know this is going to sound familiar call me back in six months. Dead. I'm like, bro, I don't even know if I'm going to be here in six months. So, so my question is what, what, what made,
1: what, what was the drive? Like where did the drive come through? Like all that negativity, right? You like take this. So I, I know you, I'm, I'm loving this. Never thought I was better, but I always wanted to do bigger, right? You you, you hit with adversity, right? you know? Uh, at and now you got a role where, you know, I'm assuming first, first the job itself is hard. I don't know what like the culture was like back then for you, uh-uh, I'm just gonna assume it's hard. Okay, right. Rough. <laughs> what? What, what did the drive come from? Like what made you like, I'm not bought to, I'm not stopping. Like
0: where, where, what was it? Do you remember earlier when I said the sum of all parts, let me go back to my foundation. It was my family. It was always faith, family, friends, and fun. Let's go to that top one, faith. That was instilled in me early on by both sides of my family. And I also had. My maternal mom, who I always say she worked like a Jamaican. My mom had like 37 jobs at any given time, right? But she was still there to take care of us. And she always taught me a couple of things. One, you can and you will be anything you want to be. And second, quitting is not even an option, not even in our vocabulary. It's figure out how to make it happen. And she didn't just say it, right? I got my mom, I got my aunts, my uncles, I have got my adoptive family, and I'm watching them. There was no silver spoon, bro. These people grinded. And no matter what, they made a dollar out of 15 cents. And I had no choice but to follow that because something that's always driven me is everything I do, I want to make my family proud. Mm. And by quitting, that wasn't going to happen. Everything
1: I do, I want to make my family proud, dude. That's, man... All right, bro. All right, all right. All right. So we, keep, we gonna keep it going, bro. So now you got this new title. Let's jump back in. You got this new title. You know, like you, you elevated pass AE, You get to, you get no more quota carrying role. Keep going. So, 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 so then what happens?
0: So get the the regional thing going well. Um, one of my boys is dating a female. She talks to me and she's like, "I'm at this startup and we need somebody to come do training. Come over and do it with me." I'm like. I'm at at and I ain't going to no startup, right? I'm in Silicon Valley, everybody's at a startup. I'm like, I've seen too many people go somewhere in the bottom fallout. She said, okay, cool. Watch 60 Minutes Sunday night. I watch 60 Minutes. She's on there talking about Siebel Systems. And I'm like, okay, call, ring, ring. How can I get on at Siebel Systems, (laughs) right? If y'all want 60 Minutes, you gotta be doing something. So I do a little quick interview wind up at Siebel and started grassrooted sales training there and did really well. And that's where the, the career literally took off because now I've got two big logos behind me and I can move upward and onward. And now this is where I want to talk about mentor and sponsorship of how I, before I tell you the next roles I'm going to. Yep. From that point on for 15 years, I did not do a single interview for a job. Say it again. Let that marry say it again, For all right, 15 say it again. years, I did not do one single interview. And here's why. Someone at my company went to another company, or I networked with some the right people at the right time. God put me in the right situations where I met someone and I always had to give to gab. So I'm going to talk to people, right? And, and I'm always sharing what I'm looking to do. And then I, I took a very concerted focus on where I wanted my career going in researching what's the next hot market. So I'm in CRM now, I'm like, what's hot next? Ooh, data storage is next. I know somebody over at NetApp, I get put on over there. I do well over there. From there, I've now run enablement at, in my career, Siebel Systems, Network Appliance, Business Objects, eBay, HP, Oracle, Salesforce, and Marketo. It's been a nice little run. Did you did you mention
1: PayPal? You threw PayPal in
0: there, right? Yep, PayPal was in there with eBay. Now here's my thing: How many of us look like that? And I'm not flossing. I'm not saying look nah, at me. What I'm saying, I'm, I'm going. No no no, 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 no. You can floss, floss if that. you want to. Like, then, I, that, that ain't you me. Me. I got you. <laughs> I'm going to make sure I floss <laughs> for you, bro. I, I'm going to do it for you, man. <laughs> I'm good looking out. I, I just know that I've been blessed and fortunate, and also I had mentors. That showed me the ropes and, and, frankly, mentors that didn't look like me. I tried to get a Black mentor. And I went to a cat, um, Charles Smith. He was the president at Oracle under Larry Ellison. I was on a flight. I'm looking at Black Enterprise Magazine and I see him. I'm like, okay, this is the cat I need to reach out to. Reach out, no love. He's too busy. And I don't, I, and it turns around later on in life because I actually met Charles after I was at VP level and he said, this is, you know, it was a mistake. I wish I would have. And I love that piece, right? But I imagine I, I always imagine what it would have been like if I would have had a black mentor to bounce off of all the other non-black mentors that I had and and sponsors. So what they did though for me was they taught me this. You've got to learn how to play chess in corporate just like you did in the hood. You cannot play checkers, right? And and one dude really broke it down. He said, all right, let me explain the similarities between growing up in the hood and being an executive in corporate. And we've talked about this, John. Uh In the hood, you got a a, a boss, right? That runs the whole show, never gets his hands dirty. In corporate, you got a CEO. In corporate, you got VPs. On the hood, you got block captains. Come down a little closer. In corporate, you got individual contributors, right? In the hood, you got runners. There is no difference except for one thing. The corporate piece is legal. But what corporate wasn't ready for was I was gonna bring all that knowledge and and game from the hood with me to corporate. And so the way I explain kind of how I go about my day and and it's not code switching at all. What it is, is you gotta know how to act with a T when you're in corporate You gotta know how to act with a K when you go back in the hood. And that way you can bring them both together and you never lose either one.
1: Fire right there, bro. Fire right there. I I I wanna bring so you 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 mentioned something else. You said you you keep saying, taught me this, taught me this, taught me this. It sounds like you're just like learning along the way. All right. Sounds like you're just like like you're like a sponge. I'm a sponge. Yeah. (laughs) Because
0: the reason I ask is like learning. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm the perpetual yeah. learner, man. Okay. Uh, if he, I don't care. If my mom taught me young. I don't care if you are the CEO or you're the janitor. If you can be learn something from them, listen. Here's a quick story. She used to ask me, she said, son, do you know when your CEO is on vacation? And I'm like, I have no idea. I just know the company keeps running. I don't really keep up with his calendar. She said, now, step back. That still happens even when he's out. But let's say your your, uh, toilet goes out or the garbage man doesn't come for two weeks. You know when they don't come, right? I'm like, oh yeah, you definitely know. And she said, so let's think about who's really important in the big picture. We call them essential workers now. She had put me on game way back when I was young of who were really essential workers.
1: I need your, we gotta get your mom man. light bulb moment ain't it yeah yeah <laughs> man okay okay so 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 fast forward to 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 the man you are today you know I like, mean you can get game you got mentor sponsors you soaking stuff up like a sponge sponge let's talk about what you're
0: doing now so After Marketo for the last three years, I ran my own consulting company, right? Because I felt like I needed to get that PhD in business beyond just book learning. And believe me, if you're thinking about consulting out there, you might want to go talk to about 10, 15 people before you go do it. I'm not saying don't don't go do it because I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs listening, but find out, get all the game. What worked, what didn't work? What do they wish they would have known walking into it? How many months do you go without salary in between gigs, all that, so that you're prepared. Did well, you know. got companies like Olympus Medical, um, American Express and Uber. And to that point, American Express. My company was the first African-American owned company in the 150 year history of American Express to ever complete a consulting engagement with them. Let that sit in. Wow! Now, while I'm proud, I'm also looking at it going, it took 150 years for us to crack that ceiling. And only because the SVP that brought me in in my company as a consultant was a brother. And, And he did everything he could. So shout out to my man, DeAndre. I wouldn't be where I'm at today without you, bro. I really mean that. And so now, fast forward, I do that for three years, and most recently, I decided it's time to come back into corporate. Let's take all that game previous and come back in. I missed growing teams. I missed being part of an executive leadership team. I missed watching um, all of my projects go to fruition. I was starting to feel like kind of the fixers of broken things and broken people. But along the way, and I don't want to rewind just for a second back to when I was at Network Appliance. I'm talking to my sales leader one day and he said, and this is going to come to fast forward to today. And he says, we need more um, pipeline. We're too thin. We throw more training at it. We need more objection handling because we're giving away too much discount. Throw training at it. We need um, to get discovery and qualification process tighter. Throw training. And I said, no. And now I'm being a smart ass. I'll be honest. I said, no. Actually, you train animals and you enable people. For those that don't know, I am the person that coined the phrase sales enablement. And that's where the story came from. Now, I know it's kind of like peanut butter and and the stoplight. Nobody knew it was black folks that did it. But I'm going to keep it 100. (laughs) I'm going to keep it 100. It's
1: You train animals, you enable people. I got nuggets of I'm just going to start doing like little success quotes by you, man. I got... Two hitters, man. I <laughs> never thought I was better. I knew I wanted bigger. Train animals, enable
0: people. Love it, bro. Love it, love it. love so it. So I tell that to say, coming out in within the next month is my book called Sales Enablement 3.0. The blueprint to sales enablement excellence. And it's all about where sales enablement is going and how do we um, enable... BDRs differently than we do AEs and SCs and, and um, customer support and all that. But more than anything, how do we communicate? How do we collaborate? And how do we orchestrate better as a company with sales enablement in the middle and spoking out to all the other pieces of the business? And I, I'm, by the way, I'm giving away game on this one. I'm, giving, I'm, I'm putting together a, a, a booklet of templates that I've created. That one's not free. I'm just going to put that out there. But there is a workbook that will come with it that that will give you the exact templates that I used along the way and created that helped get to where I am today. My goal of writing this book was quite simple. And it's, it's I think it's like seven or eight reasons. So let me run this down. One, I had always wanted to do it. And if I didn't do it, I would always, what if, and you know how I feel about failure. I had to get it out. Secondly, I wanted to give a blueprint to those that are coming into this space that I helped create, that I absolutely love, that I didn't have when I was coming up. This book is a service for them. Next, I wanted little Black boys and little Black girls that look like me to know that you can do and be anything you want. Let me say that again, because I was taught that. I want to share that. Fourth is because I know, because I've seen this enough, you can't crack the glass ceiling. I don't care how big your hammer is. You've got to have somebody on the other side of that ceiling reach back down and pull you through it. And finally, and you hear me say this a lot, Shelby, although I've had an incredible career and unbelievable fairy tale life, I want to be looked at as the floor, not the ceiling. Stand up on my shoulders and go reach up to that ceiling. I don't want you to be as good as me. I want you to be better than me. And if I can give you some some nuggets, some love, some game to help you get to that ceiling, the mission accomplished. Because when it is my time and it's time for me to pass on from this world, I don't want anybody at my funeral talking about sales enablement. I don't want them talking about, oh, his book was fire. I don't want them talking about, oh, he spoke in 20 countries and whoop, whoop, whoop. I want them to say one thing over and over. He made my life better after I met him than before I did. My goal in my life, I realized early in life, Shelton, was was quite simple. Here's the mission of my life that's been put on my shoulders: is that I may not make your life easier, but I have to add something every day to the people in my inner circle to make their life better. I'm not trying to solve world peace and fix the world. I'm just trying to touch those that are in my circle that I can make your life better, maybe not easier, but definitely better for being in my circle if i do that i can go on and i'm cool with everything i've done here this is this is why you're og man this, this is why this <laughs> is like you're og man like like,
1: like oh bro
0: when, when is the sales enablement 3.0 man when does the book drop the book actually drops on march 30th but we're in pre-sale right now so if okay. you want to get the book send an email to info actually you know what better than that Go to roderickjefferson.com slash book and you can go order the book today. That's R-O-D-E-R-I-C-K Jefferson just like the president.com and go slash book. Go there right now. And here's what I'm gonna do special just for folks in pre- that pre-order because I appreciate the love that they're giving me. I'm actually going to get you a hardcover signed copy with a whole gift set that comes with that. That the folks that order it later on Amazon, they are not gonna get that. They'll get a paperback, they'll get an ebook, they'll get an audio book. But because you're showing love and coming in on the pre-sale, I actually ordered hardcover, hardbound books and I will individually sign them. All right, man. If you if you gotta tell some, you know, closing words and
1: telling something to a younger generation, not even a younger generation. I feel like people are like young, let's talk, let's talk about folks in my generation, right? That's just like they just getting, they have burger All King. Right. They just blew out their knee. Like, yeah, they, they they thought they was going to the league. They still on the block.
0: You know me, I'm about my threes, right? Yeah. <laughs> so first Three and foremost, <laughs> don't let, there you go. I'm about my threes. First and foremost, don't let anybody, not your boss, not your CEO, not your parents, not your friends. Don't let anybody decide what your career is going to look like because nobody has the vested interest in it than you do. And they don't have to go that job for you every day. Next, number two, you're gonna find eight to 10 jobs in your life. Your career will find you. And that career will be what I call my candy bar job. And that is, I would still do this job if I was only paid in candy bars, which for me is Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I would still do this job and I would still love it. And so what you have to do is you continually work and strive and grind right now every day getting closer and closer to that candy bar job. And one day you're gonna wake up and it's gonna find you. The third piece, having nothing to do with work. This is life. No matter what you come from, no matter what you look like, no matter how deep or, or light your pockets are, what is meant for you is going to happen. If it's ordained for you, there is nobody on this planet in this solar system that's going to stop you from happening, making it happen. But we can't do it alone. Go find those mentors. Go ask people, how did you get here? What worked well? What didn't work well? What would you do over? What do you wish you didn't do? Start with what I call an informational interview. It is the most non-threatening thing on the planet. And I guarantee you, every person you ask, whether they're on your level or all the way up to C-level executives, you ask them to tell you about their career and, and talk about themselves, you better carve out some time. But if you're going to do that, you better come correct and come with a set of questions and be prepared. Don't come trying to top off the dome because we don't have time for that. We don't have time to waste. There you go, Shelton.
1: All right, man. I appreciate you, bro, for carving out time. and out show day, bro, to, to, to let me do this, man. I think the folks is going to love it, man. I appreciate you much, man. I appreciate you.
0: That's love, man. Like I said, anytime you want to, I'm here. And, and for our culture, there's not enough out there that look like you and I, Shelton, that sit in the chairs and have the responsibility and yes, the pressure that sit on us. And anytime we can give back, we can share, we can give game, we have no choice because we stand on the shoulders of giants of those that came before us. And we would disappoint them and let them down if we didn't. Because, and I say this to you directly, Shelton, not only are we black history, we are what our forefathers and grandparents and big mamas and dears and whatnot could only dream of. And we're beyond anything they could have dreamed of being. Which means people like you and I in our positions have to take that baton and run with it so that the young cats coming behind us can move further than us. And I'll end this way. And I'll say it on behalf of both you and I, Shelton. Allow us to be the floor, not the ceiling.
1: Boom, all right. That's this week's drop on Made It, brought to you by Sales for the Culture.
0: Hey Nikki, if I love what I just heard and I'm Black, what do I do now? Whether you're in tech sales already or not,
1: let's get you connected at salesfortheculture.com. If you're Black, you're looking for your shot to make it and you're wondering if tech sales might be your lane when you go to salesfortheculture.com we'll get you hooked up with rework they're a nonprofit organization educating uh all sorts of folk but but black folk too on on how to get into tech sales rework will train you and get you in a sales job one of our partner companies like pinterest salesforce linkedin and more and going through rework won't cost you a dime trust me i know i'm the ceo You don't need any experience. We don't care about your background.
0: So whether you went to Stanford like me,
1: or you didn't finish high school like me, if you bring the grind and the coachability, Rework will give you a shot. Okay, so that's if you're not in tech sales, but
0: what if you're Black and already in the game? If
1: you're Black and working in tech sales right now, you already know what it is. You can go to salesfortheculture.com too to get plugged into our Slack community with hundreds of other Black tech sellers pushing one another towards
0: and you'll find top shelf training opportunities, cookouts, industry leading mentors and other black folk to grind with so you don't have to build alone.
1: All right, y'all passes on to someone, you know, who needs to hear about more black folk that made it. Keep doing it for the culture and we'll see y'all next week.